So welcome back from, uh, to Convo. From, we didn't have a Convo last week, of course. We were all on, on break. So welcome back. Thank you very much for being here. I'm going to talk to you this morning a little bit about our general education program and the fact that we're in the middle of revising it. Then I'm going to do something that some of you may have had to participate in before. That is, I'm going to ask you to give us some feedback about what I'm showing you. So that means we will definitely be here for the full time, about 40 minutes. We won't go over, but we'll be here for 40 minutes, you know. And it's going to be a beautiful experience for all of you uh, because you're here with me. And when you're here with me, it's always a beautiful experience. You can just ask anyone. Anyone who spent any time with me knows that it's beautiful. So, Chris, am I right? There you go. So this morning I'm gonna to talk to you about these six things. I'm gonna give you a little update, tell you a little bit of context about our program review because some of you may have no idea that you have stepped into the middle of a program review and you may not have any idea what that means. So I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about that. Describe to you our current program, what we are, what, we, what other people see when they look at our program. Um, what's our program like? Uh, you probably have seen a bunch of these charts. If any of you have been in colloquium, and I'm looking out there, I'm saying, oh yeah, a bunch of you guys have been seen these charts before. You might see them a little differently today. I'm going to talk to you about a new model that we've been developing, and then ask you if you have any questions, and then we're going to do a, a brief exercise so that you can give me some input about what I'm showing you. So. Just a little bit about our timeline. We started a revision process of a couple of years ago in 2008, 2009. We engaged in a comprehensive study of our first year program called the Foundations of Excellence. And so what was left over was this foundation of excellence right here because there was a lot of, you know, a lot of meetings with food involved. And from that, we also got really good ideas about how to change the first year. We asked students, we asked faculty, we asked staff, we asked all kinds of people. There were students on every one of these nine committees. It was a really uh, a cool experience. And last year, we spent our year really focusing in the general education task force on developing some outcomes, which I'll show you in a minute. Some of those will be familiar to you. None of those will look too crazy, and you'll probably recognize, oh yeah, that sounds, that makes sense, yeah, yeah. This year, as you'll see, this summer, the General Education Task Force developed a new model for our general education program. This is a draft. We haven't made any final decisions yet, and that's why I'm coming to you now and saying, I would like to ask what you think about this. Uh, so in the summer we developed a model and then in the fall we kind of talked to people about it a little bit. Next year we will plan and develop our new program and the year after that we will go into full implementation. So in 2012 if a student enters they would enter with the new model not what you guys are doing. So the outcomes start and they're here, they start here with knowledge, but they have four categories. The first one is knowledge, it's these six things. 
the Christian story, identity that is yours, and the concept of identity. It's a pretty important thing here, where we like to do intercultural things. The social world, that would be you know, things that have to do with the social world. The physical world is things that have to do with the you know, nature and science. Creative expression is kind of like the humanities, and of course, peacemaking, a very important part of our curriculum. The skills that we would say we would like you to have before you leave here uh, have mastered, at least, uh, on a basic level, communication that would be reading, writing, speaking, and listening, or maybe listening first, and then reading, listening. What do you think, listening? What you're doing now is good, it's good, listening. <laughs> um, that was a joke, by the way. It was a really bad joke, but it was a joke nonetheless. So inquiry, of course, uh, reflective thinking, problem solving, those three things are part of the research process, and then intercultural competence. These uh, third category things are things uh, last year we talked to, to folks in this room and, and kind of a lot around campus about what you feel you should be responsible for or feel a responsibility for by the time you leave here. These were the six things that came to the top. So faith in action, ethical reasoning, intercultural openness, community engagement, both here and abroad, preparation for lifelong learning, which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, and living sustainably. The last category is really kind of a, another outcome all of its own, but it's like rolling all of those three other categories up together. In a sense, this paragraph about integration means that you can take all of those different skills, responsibilities, and knowledge, and you can roll it up together to do something that matters, that matters to you and that matters to other people. So, this summer, I spent some time like reading and I spent some time thinking about what we do here in our academic program that is unique, that's distinctive. We have our piece by piece, which is a context in which we do our work, but what do we do here that we ask you to do that's distinctive? And I got a surprise. There were all these people I read, you know, philosophers and people I read, and I didn't expect a political philosopher to give me a perspective on the Christ-centeredness, but she did. There was a woman named Hannah Arendt. She was a German Jew, and she came to the U.S. in the 1930s. And she said this about activity, act, action. The world of action is where we do our work in education. And she said this. She characterizes it like it's a miracle. The lifespan of humans running toward death would inevitably carry everything human to ruin and destruction if it were not for the faculty of interrupting it and beginning something new, a faculty which is inherent in action like an ever-present reminder that humans, though they must die, are not born in order to die, but in order to begin. Thus, action seen from the viewpoint of the automatic processes which seem to determine the course of the world looks like a miracle. So in an important sense, what you're learning to do here is to work miracles, to interrupt things that are happening that you don't think are right, and to put something else in place that you do think is right. That's what she calls a miracle. 
And I was kind of struck by another thing. It seemed like she thought this kind of, you know, uh, most people don't associate Hannah Arendt with religion or Christianity, but she thought really this important thing that this miracle that saves the world, the realm of human affairs from its normal natural ruin is ultimately the fact of natality, the fact that you're born. The birth of new men and women, the new beginning, the action they are capable of by virtue of being born. Only the full experience of this capacity can bestow upon human affairs faith and hope. It is this faith and hope for the world that found perhaps its most glorious and most succinct expression in the few words with which the Gospels announced their glad tidings, a child has been born unto us. So natality is this thing, it makes renewal possible, it's the thing that makes revival possible. It is in fact the the thing which makes the possible contribution of any one of us to conversations that have been going on for thousands of years, it makes that possible, the ones that matter to us and the ones that I would hope matter to you, that you would understand how to make a contribution to those things. And that's what we're trying to teach you to do here. So how do you wrap up what matters to you most in a wrapper that other people will pay attention to? That is what we want, really, to come out of this whole thing. But we also know that experience makes a difference. And so the sequence of your experience makes a big difference. And what I want you to understand is that sometimes our focus on the future and your focus on the future is really a distraction from, your, from the kind of most important part of your education here. And that is how to focus on making the present the best it can possibly be. John Dewey was a, a pretty important uh, educational philosopher and became a philosopher of education, really, at the end of his career. The beginning of his career, he spent trying to figure out what was the nature of experience, the metaphysics of experience. So what is experience? And in the end, he said, well, you know, we do this thing where we structure it. It's called education. Let me think about that. And he said this. This was one of the most important things that he wrote, which was to say, look, uh, if you focus on the future, you're going to hold yourself captive in the present, which is a problem. That's a problem. He says, the ideal of using the present simply to get ready for the future contradicts itself. It omits and even shuts out the very conditions by which a person can be prepared for his or her future. We always live at the time we live and not at some other time, and only by extracting at each present time the full meaning of each present experience are we prepared for doing the same thing in the future? This is the only preparation which in the long run really amounts to anything. That's very important because this, for example, is a commentary on behavior that we engage in in the present. Like, for example, not paying attention to things that are happening right around us. So, So for example, you want to pay attention carefully to the experience you're having in the present. That's what John Dewey says is the only way to prepare for the future. Which of course, as you might well imagine, is the reason that you shouldn't do your homework when you come in here, right? That was another little joke. Although it's a little more true than most jokes with kind of, 
a little bit zing in there, which I would say, that's why I asked you to move forward, because I know people do their homework in here instead of listening to the person on the stage. So I said, all right, well, what happens when other people look at our program and they ask you guys what you do and what you experience and what happens in the program? And I said, well, let's look at this data that we got last year from the National Survey of Student Engagement. I said, okay, the Nessie gives us all this data about what you guys do and what you think is important. And they have five categories. The level of academic challenge is one. And as you can see by this beautiful box and whiskers set of diagrams, that the little dots in the middle are pretty much in the same place all across the board. That's all our comparison groups. We're over all the way on the right, on the left-hand side in both of those graphs. And our comparison groups are stretched out towards the left, toward, towards the right, sorry. So you can see the only real difference between us and any other set of schools that's in this survey is that the senior year with the one asterisk, that means there's a difference. There's an actual difference between that thing that we capture and what other schools say they experience, what students like you and other schools say they experience. So our level of academic challenge, pretty much the same as everywhere else. I don't know what you think about that, but it's, 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 this is how people responded. Active and collaborative learning, we apparently do quite a bit more of that in the first year than most people. You can kind of see that in the blue boxes. The three stars mean we, we do it a lot more than most schools in the group. And in the senior year, we also do it more than most people. But the really important thing is here in what's called enriching educational experiences. These are things that you guys do because we require you to do them. Internships, study abroad, learning communities, group housing, stuff like that. Well, we don't require you to do group housing, but we give you the opportunity and you can. You can do that. So what they call optional enriching experiences, we just say, well, this is something that we know is good for people, so we ask you to do it. So you're gonna do it. So you can clearly see that mo we do a better job of most of, of this. And when other people look at our program, they say, wow, you guys have a lot of experience built in there. Experience must matter a lot to you. And I say, yeah, it does. And if you do this kind of thing, you can see that as the rest of the groups go down, we stay up. See that? last box in the senior year, that one on the very left. See what happens when you animate this thing? It stays in place while everybody else goes down. That's kind of cool. I say, wow. So that means other people know us because we like experience and we ask you to do that. And John Dewey would say this about experience. You really only get there as a person if you structure your experience and pay attention to the ones in the past, the present, and the future. They have an effect on one another. So in a curriculum, we want to see a sequence of things. We, there's certain things we want you to do before you do other things because we know that's going to affect the ultimate experience that you have. Many of you guys have seen this, this diagram. It kind of approximates more or less how much time you spend in class doing certain things. Gen Ed is blue. It's about 15 classes. Your major is 10 to 15, depends on which major you pick. These other things kind of separate, break out. If you look at what the general education categories are right now, you can see them up there. There's colloquium over there, phys ed, that's wellness, one class each, humanities, going around 
you get this, this written in oral. Two classes, two classes, two classes, and then there's a big lump of classes here, which makes sense because that expresses our school's identity. And the study service term over there, foreign, foreign study, but uh, that doesn't include foreign language if you don't already have that done by the time you get here. And this is just the categories, right, the pie. The sequence is supposed to look something like this, which I think you may have also seen. You come in and you do colloquium. Somewhere in the middle you do SST, and then at the end you do some kind of internship and senior seminar. So these things are yellow because they're gen ed and they're shared, and this is kind of bluish. It's called teal. <laughs> teal. Uh, because it's uh, unstuck from gen ed, it's part of your major. And almost every major requires that you do an internship, right? How many of you guys have a major with an internship? Lots of you, right? Okay. So, what I want to show you first, and we have some handouts kind of later so you can kind of see what this is, is in our new model we're thinking about what should come first, what experiences should come first. So we said, well, instead of this, where you have one hour at the beginning to help you kind of understand the basic stuff in college, we would like to expand that in the first year to quite a few hours so that you get a lot of stuff in the beginning. This would be a course um, that would uh, express a professor's association with a particular theme. So we might choose a theme like sustainability and there might be eight different profs teaching one of these courses from eight different departments, all having to do with sustainability. That would be um, together with a learning community, which is kind of like what happens in colloquium. And so many of the things that you would learn in that class would be the, thing, the kind of things that you did in colloquium or that you're doing now in colloquium. You would get a personal group there. Um, and this course would be an interdisciplinary course. The second course, well, it would also uh, focus mostly on the communication outcomes because we think those are probably the ones that you want to be square on before you move on. The Goshen Seminar would be individual professors, no theme, but again, interdisciplinary classes with another learning community that would be the group that you formed in the fall continuing to the spring. And a faith perspectives class in your second semester. Not a Bible class per se, uh, but a faith perspectives class. Could be something like a, a class titled Scripture, Self, and the World, something like that. Again, we're uh, going to do SST still, of course. Uh, we're adding a domestic option and a program for doing something here locally that eventually may or, well, eventually may replace the kind of incoherent alternatives, but it would be, uh, you know, it would be, there would be options there, be various options for doing that. You could do it over a course of a year, or over the course of two years. You didn't have to do it all in one semester, so it would fit better with people's schedules if they have a major that's really big. And then, probably one of the most important things here, a post-SST community engagement seminar, which would include a service project in it here in Goshen. And you do the senior internship and seminar just like you do now. 
So you're thinking, oh, this is an addition, a lot of ads, right? This is a whole lot of things that would add. Well, actually, I'm not going to add. I'm going to rearrange. If you look at this, this is what we're doing now. These are the categories we have now. So you can see, there it is, colloquium, PE, SST, big group of Bible, religion, philosophy classes, and then these things here to spread out your degree. This would be the new arrangement. So you can kind of see one class each for the outcomes instead of two in some categories. Your post-SST class. And then your first year here and SST here again. So this is the same. In fact, it's not a flexible 44 to 48, it's just 44. So there's no increase in the number of hours that you would spend doing Gen Ed, it's just that we would rearrange it. Or you wouldn't, but students coming in after you would. So, I'll let you think about that a little bit. We have a little handout here to kind of capture the, this kind of categories in a different way. So you can look at it, it's got a little bit of timeline attached to it as well. So you can kind of look at that see the categories up here, see them on this page as well. And then I'm going to ask you if you have any questions. So we have about 17, 18 minutes left. I didn't talk forever. And you can just come up to the microphone if you have a question. And I will answer one for you. If I can. I might not be able to. So I'm wondering if you have any clarifying questions. You don't have to have any questions. It's kind of an intimidating space to have questions in. But if you have any questions, you can come to the mic and ask me. And okay. Question about this um, one class per perspective course. Yeah. Does that mean that there's no longer the requirement for two math or two science and a wellness class, but just one in the physical world category? The physical world? Well, there are some decisions we still have to make about how much double counting there would be in any category. So um, I, I can't give you a firm answer about that, but okay. we wouldn't change the basic requirement for competency in math. No, you'd still have to do that. Okay, because at this point, you have to have either two math or two science or one of each, and also a physical, like a physical education class. Right. But this says that there's just one class per each of those categories, and that's what I was curious about. Right, yeah, the physical education part would be included in the learning community in the first year. Okay. So that could either stretch over the entire year, or it could be part of the first semester. So we haven't made that decision yet. Any other clarifying questions? Yeah. For all the first years? Uh, 
or is it still going to be as much variety in what happens? Yeah, it, it, I mean, I think you can, yeah, you're on to something. So it looks like your experience would be more common and you would be, it would be, the idea actually that we got from the Foundations of Excellence study, not from the Foundations of Excellent People, but because of what people said on campus was that um, a lot more coherence in the first year would be better. So that people having more kind of common experience would be productive and useful to people later on. So yes. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could say more about the, um, the international community engagement seminar. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, one of my questions within that is, does it involve the community or is it just like SST groups kind of debriefing and whatnot? Well, um, the way we imagine that now is that uh, when you come back from SST or when you're done with whatever it is that you're doing to satisfy that part of the requirement, that you would come together with people who have satisfied that requirement in a different way. So perhaps cohort groups in SST would mix or uh, people who have been doing the domestic program would mix with people who are doing the international program and you would do a project here in the community, yeah. And there, there are a number of potentials, like a bunch of different things. The, the scheduling complexities are problematic because some majors have the SST kind of pushed towards the very end. So what would you do if your last semester was SST? Well, we would have to figure something out. But the idea would be to have you really pay careful attention to the experience you've had and other people have had doing that thing that we believe is the thing that really transforms you and is the thing, honestly, that you can't get anywhere else at any other college in the country. So it makes sense that we would want to make it, makes sense to me that we'd want to make it the centerpiece of our curriculum. Back onto the first year thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that would mean that there wouldn't be as many classes with upperclassmen. I'm not sure what you're... Like, because as of right now, we have a lot of classes, like, our schedule's really mixed up, because we only have one, one class that's, like, dictated as freshman class. Uh -huh. So would this mean that we'd have more classes that were just freshman classes? That's a hard thing to say, but yes. Uh, over, the course of the over the course of the year, yes. In the first semester, I, I actually don't think it would be that different uh, because we have 10 courses typically reserved for freshmen in the first semester, and this would probably be eight. So were you, were you asking, uh, I guess I need to clarify. So you were, were you asking, would there be more courses that had only freshmen in them or first year students in them? Is that? Would these classes just affect the experience being with other upperclassmen? Like because you'd be stuck in classes that were just freshmen. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you would have, right now you have a four hour Right now you have a four-hour situation where you're just with first-year students. So it would be 
in terms of hours, it might be a little more, but I don't, I don't know that your experience would be that different in the first semester. You have one thing that you do with people, um, the same people, and the rest of your schedule would be mixed up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we're working on that right now. So the, what we would do is uh, pretty much the easy way to explain it is to say we would replace the SST alternate list of classes with a set of classes that's kind of coherent. But you would still be able to take one class at a time. That part wouldn't change that much. We would restrict how many classes we have to give a little bit more. Um, but um, the, the one thing that's been really abundantly clear to me is that if there are exceptions, I don't want to scare you if you have an exception to the policy. Of course, we have to make exceptions to the policies. I mean, people have individual circumstances. Um, so. Uh, I'm hearing you ask me whether that would be really restrictive to people. Is that what you're asking me? Right. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that we're trying to get ahead of right now is that right now, all you have to do to um, sign up for the SST alternate program is take some classes. You don't even have to tell me that you're going to make an exception to the gen ed policy. So that's something that I don't think is uh, productive for the school or for you. I think if you're going to do something different, then you have to say, well, this is what I'm going to do. Now, I don't foresee there being a lot of problems with that. But um, I do think that if you want to do something, you should be required to tell people, you know, to make a case for that. Instead of just saying, well, yeah, I'm going to do whatever. Okay, other questions? Uh, I'd just be curious to know how the changes would affect transfer students, especially in regards to credits from other schools transferring in. Yeah. So that's an excellent question, one that's worrisome always because we, no matter what, no matter what situation we're in, we, we have, uh, with SST and other kinds of requirements, we have a, uh, some requirements here that don't exist in other places. That's not that different from other schools. But um, in the same way, I don't know, how many of you guys have been on SST? Okay, so how does SST show up on your transcript? You know, it, it's sliced up into four different courses, right? Okay, so we envision making a similar kind of slicing up of this kind of experience here into various courses, just like SST is sliced up into four courses. We would slice this up into probably four courses altogether as well, because it's 13 hours just like SST. So we'd slice it up into four courses, 
and we would uh, have to match that just like we do have to match those against the courses of any other transfer in and transfer out. We just kind of, that's, that is a concern. Um, but actually we deal with that concern on a regular basis with lots of policies we have in the registrar's office. It's pretty familiar to us, so. It's not that I'm not worried about it, it's just that that's something I have to worry about all the time. So it's, it feels like it's not that much of a big deal because I have to worry about it all the time. But I know some of you guys, uh, you know, you, you feel it from your individual case, which is a very different place than me because I deal with lots of cases. So what other questions do you have? Mm -hmm. So uh, did you guys hear that? Is the learning community taught as an applied sociology class or is it uh, a community service class? So what we'd like is for the learning community to wrap itself around the theme-based seminar course. So some of the elements of the learning community would be um, uh, the, some of the things that you do in wellness now. Some of the elements of the learning community would be connected with the theme and some of the elements of the learning community would be based on whatever it is we're doing in that particular course. So it very much depends. And that's, as you, I can see from your face that you're saying, that's unclear. I say, yes, it is unclear. That is correct. Yeah. That's one of the things that I would, I would be interested in hearing, you know, what, what kinds of things would be uh, something you would expect in a learning community. What else? No. What happens with you is the rules that are in place the year you enter are the rules that are in place for your degree. So Essentially, I'm coming to ask for a favor. Like I asked you guys to move up, that was a favor, right? You didn't have to do that, but you did. And that was nice, I appreciated that. So here I am coming again to ask you for another favor, and that is to have a look at this thing that will not necessarily affect you at all, and tell me what you think about it. Because from your perspective, you can say, well, you know, I was, this was my experience here, and uh, that thing looks crazy. It looks like it wouldn't work at all which could be your reaction, and that would be perfectly legitimate. Or you could say, wow, I really wish that had been in place when I was here, so I could do that, which would make me feel good, but that's, if that's not honest, well, that's not what I want. This would not affect you, as implementation of this program would start with new rules applying to students who enter in 2012. But, you know, if you guys wanted to choose to do this, when it came online, well, you could choose to do it, but you would not be required to do it, no. We, we have to tell you, uh, and we have an obligation to provide the program that was in place when you entered. Yeah. Would the social world class here um, help acculturate international students. I would have to say, 
that depends on the course. So how we envision this is professors would propose which courses they think would fit in that category and we would certify certain courses to do that. So the short answer is it depends and the long answer is, is kind of long. And I can talk to you about that individually if you're like, interested. But no, that's not, that wouldn't be the purpose of the social work courses. It could be the purpose of one of them, but it wouldn't be the purpose of all of them, no. no. Yeah, right, yeah. 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 So I have a question for you now. So we're about to end here, and I have a question for you now. So, I had the possibility of us, if we had time, doing this thing, a focus group experience, right? Focus group input, which is my favorite thing of all time. But, obviously, we don't have time for that. So I'm wondering, so if I put three questions online, would you guys answer them for me? Yes? No. Okay. So I'll do it. There's enough people who say, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And send it to you and ask you what you think. Things you like, things you don't like, suggestions you have. Thank you very much for your attention. I appreciate it. And we'll see you the next time. <laughs>